This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you for accepting me, and uh, thank you for your love, and Anton and Bernice for staying at your place. Um, It's such a privilege to be part of this whole movement of city changers. Uh, We've been part of Doxadeo for the last 20 years, and it's just awesome to see how God is moving all over the globe. So thank you for accepting us. Uh, It's really a privilege to be here. While I was thinking on on, on, on my message this morning, I felt that God is leading me concerning a certain scripture, a certain idea, you know, we just come from Easter. Easter is the whole idea of Christ, his death and his resurrection. We're on our way now to Pentecost. So we in between that 40 days, it's actually 50 days, but for 40 days, the Bible says Jesus, after his resurrection, appeared to the people and taught them about the things that will happen now. So I was thinking in my spirit just that I think it's an important time that we talk again about If we want to change South Florida, why is the Holy Spirit given to us? Why is the Holy Spirit given to us? Each one of us that are sitting here today, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Bible says this is the secret that's been hidden for ages. Christ in you. In a nutshell, Christ in you. And He's living inside of you through the gift of the Father has given us the Holy Spirit. So I just want to have a look again and say, what does the Bible say about this outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Now, now one of the, there's a lot of books in the Bible you can read concerning the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I want to look today specifically at, at Luke. Now, Luke has written two books in the Bible. He was a doctor. He was very clever. His first book was about all the deeds Christ has done. And the, the second book, he says, but now that Christ has been resurrected, how does it find a place inside of your your life? We call that the Acts of the Apostles. It's maybe more the Acts of Jesus, but Jesus has decided not to do any of his Acts anymore uh, except through the church, and that's us that's sitting here today. So I want to take you to the last chapter of Luke. So you can open your Bible there if you have this, but I just want to bring you up to speed with the story and where we found ourselves in the story in the last book of Luke. You must remember, if you read the previous chapters, you will find that that was a very strange time for the disciples and for Luke and for everybody. Let me explain you why. If you go to the land of Israel, you will find that God has called, or Jesus has called his disciples from the land of Galilee. That was the Sea of Galilee. It was a very quiet place. If you ever visit That place, it is very, how can I call it, the peace of God is there. It's quiet, it's slow, the pace is slow, everything is slow. So they were normal fishermen in that area. So the next moment, Jesus is calling them and say, listen, follow me. They said, chop. They didn't know what they're in for. They started to follow Jesus. The next moment, they moved to this huge city called Jerusalem. And they arrive in Jerusalem. You must remember, I, I, I don't think at that stage... The apostles, they, they maybe heard of a crucifixion. I don't know about the Sea of Galilee if they ever saw it. 
But the next moment they arrested Jesus, and Jesus was arrested, and the next moment he was crucified, and their leader, the one they believed in, suddenly he's crucified. That part of all this politics in the big city between the Sadduceers and the Pharisees and all of this, and they exposed to so many things. I think the apostles just sat there in the upper room after Jesus' death, and now, now we're moving to the resurrection, and they just sat there and said, Lord, what is happening to us? I think they were just saying in their minds, can we please go back to Galilee? Can we please go back to this, this peaceful place of tranquility? Can we please move there again? Because all of this is just too much for me. And then the next moment, Jesus didn't only die, the next moment he was resurrected. And I, if you pick up the story in chapter 24, you will see that the, the Bible starts there with the story of the resurrection. And you will find the story in the Bible that everybody is confused because these poor disciples are so confused because suddenly all the Jews want to kill them because they supported this guy of the way and what's going to happen to them. And oh, everything is just, they're just hiding and so scared of all the people. Then the next moment, two women arrive there. They tell him, listen, we went this morning to the grave and the grave is empty. The next moment, Peter says, listen, this cannot be true. He runs to the grave, arrives there. You must remember, they never had television. They never had social media. The next moment, there's two guys sitting in shining clothes. Two angels. They have never seen it. We, living in this age, we're used to this because we watch on the television, the seen and the unseen world are very mixed up. But for them, never saw it. And then the two guys in the shining clothes look at them and say, what are you guys doing here? He told you. He's not going to be here. He's been resurrected. Oh my God. Then they run back to their own friends sitting there in the upper room. They said, guys, you won't believe it. We saw these two guys. And these two guys told us he's not there. He has risen. The next moment, Jesus is standing between them, the next moment, showing them his hands. The Bible says they were terrified and they thought they saw a ghost. You can go and read the scripture, Luke 24, the verses uh, 37. They were terrified thinking that they saw a ghost. You must remember. And then Jesus said, don't be afraid. It's just me, Jesus. I told you I'm going to be resurrected. Don't worry. Sit. Let's eat. Then they took some honey, bread, everything. Can you believe this, guys? They said, no, this cannot be true. We just want to go back to Galilee. We just want to go, go back to Galilee the way it was. Then Jesus sat there amongst them and told them, hey, listen, guys, this is nothing. Something more is coming. No, Lord. No, no, no. Not today. Please. So this is where we pick up the story. So Luke 24 verses 44 says the following. Then he said to them, in that disrupted stage of them, these are my words that I have spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled, must come to pass. These words I've spoken to you, they must come to pass. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. 
Now listen to this. And said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ, Christ is not the surname of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ, the anointed king, the Messiah, the one you have been waiting for. For 4,000 years, the world and the prophets and everybody said that the Messiah, that the anointed king will come. He says to them, this it is written, that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer. Did it happen? Yes, tick. They saw it with their own eyes. Jesus said, I told you it's going to happen. You didn't believe me. So he suffered. And on the third day, rise from the death. Did it happen? Yes, tick. Come, put your finger in my hand. Here I am. It happened. The Bible says, Paul says something interesting in Romans uh, 1 verses 4. He says, because of his resurrection, he was declared the son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed king. You see, you have to understand with Christ's death and resurrection, everything has changed. There has been a revolution. Everything has changed. Suddenly, there's a new king of this world. His kingdom is Jesus Christ. He is now the king of this world. So this is fulfilled. What he says here, the scriptures, it is written that the Christ should be suffered. It it happened. And on the third day, rise from the dead. It happened. Tick. Verses 47. And the repentance and the forgiveness of sin must be, Jesus said, must be fulfilled. This happened. This happened. The work is done. Your access to the Father. Third day, death, resurrection. Everything has been accomplished. I've done. It's done. It's settled. He has accepted us. But he says, must be, must be, it must still come to fulfillment. And that repentance and forgiveness of sin must be preached to who? To all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. You must remember at that stage, most of the gospel was just preached to the Jewish people. So they thought the Messiah has come only for the Jewish people. Now suddenly Jesus changed the course because he said it's now to all nations. What do we have to help Jesus, if I can call it help? What must we do to fulfill this promise Jesus has said? Two of the three things has happened. The other one is still busy being fulfilled. We, we as Christians must go into this world and what do? And the repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is not just saying yes to Jesus. It's the beginning. The repentance is I've walked in this direction. I've turned myself and walked now suddenly in another direction. From darkness to light. It means I stand and I've lived uh, under uh, the world's philosophy. I've lived under the world's way. Suddenly I discover the new king, the Christ. I'm coming to his kingdom way. He is king. And now suddenly start to follow his ways, the kingdom way, the Jesus way. And start walking and living, which is much more, much better than this way. I'm starting to live it out. That's what 
But we have to go and tell people, listen, there's a better way. We have to tell the people in South Florida, we, there's a better way to live. Don't stand under darkness. Darkness will kill, come and destroy you, those leaders. But yeah, the Christ, the King, the Anointed One, come and start and follow Him. There's a better way to live. I have come to give in your life and life in abundance. Repentance. What does it say? It says forgiveness, repentance and the forgiveness of sin. Sin is not only what you do. Sin is a state you find yourself in. A state. The Bible says that's the story of Egypt and the Israelites. They have left the land of Egypt. They have left the land of sin. They have found themselves in a new country of grace. In a new country with the new king. Forgiveness of sin. Repentance turn. Forgiveness of sin. Go and stand on the other state of living. Listen what Paul says in Romans 3. He says, oh, didn't you realize, didn't you realize we pack up and live for good. We left the old country of sin behind. The state of sin. He said, we enter into a new country of grace, a new life in a new land, the land of God, the land of Christ, the land of Jesus and his way of living. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive uh, end to that sin, miserable life. No longer at sin's every back and call what we believe is this. We get included in Christ's sins conquering death and we also get included in his life saving resurrection. So guys, part of the fulfilling of the promise of Christ, he have suffered, he have died, he have risen. But there's another one. We as the Christians must go to the world Repentance of sin and the forg- oh, repentance and the forgiveness of sin to all the nations. That's what we obligated, becoming part of this fulfilling of Christ, the Lordship of Jesus here on earth. But now the Bibles go on. You, you, you are witness to all these things, he says. He says, but to do this. Here's the other strange thing, guys. To do this, he tells her, uh, Apostles, he says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. Other translations, the gift of the Father. That word promise, that word gift is the same when the free wise man came to Jesus and gave him some gifts. So God gives us a present. God gives us a gift. A gift from the Father. Our Father which are in heaven. Where is the Father? In heaven. So what, what, what is heaven? Heaven is not a place you go to. It's a dimension of the Father. Um, Revelations 4 and 5. When, when, when John looks into heaven, open the window, what does he see in heaven? The Father. Heaven is the place, the atmosphere where the Father is. Our Father which are in heaven. So the gift comes from heaven. The gifts come from the Father. I'm sending something from the Father. I'm sending something from heaven. 
But Jesus already received it. And in his new resurrection life, he moves between these two dimensions, what we call earth and what we call heaven, what we call seen and unseen. And he moves between these two. Then he's at the Father, then he's at home. And he's moved. Now he's bringing something from the Father. Listen to this. I say, and I'm sending this promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from an eye. The message translation says the following. What comes next is very important. I say, he says, I'm sending what my father promised you. So stay here in the city until he arrives. Until you are equipped with power from an eye. Central English version. Until you are given power power from heaven this dimension from God until you are clothed with power from on high uh, passion translation until the mighty power of heavens fall upon you and wraps around you you see what you must understand is we all understand that to fulfill to be part of this promise of Jesus and fulfill the promise Repentance, forgiveness of sin, proclaim it, proclaim it to the world. We're going to need some power. We're going to need something, somebody to help us. The Bible said, go and wait for this promise of the Father. Go and wait for this gift, this present that the Father will give each of you. Till you are clothed. But he gives the present so that we will have the ability to go outside the walls of this church and take Jesus inside of Florida self and tell the people of Florida self, hey, the way I live, the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my kids, the way I do business, the way I, I do finances, the way I'm a teacher at the school, the way I'm a doctor, the way, I, listen, there's a better way of living. Come and stand under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and start doing His ways. It's far better than the state you were in. That's why this fulfillment, this gift is given to us. It's very interesting when Jesus sent out these disciples in John 20, 20 to 22, the Bible says he called them. Then the next moment, uh, Jesus repeated this, uh, his greeting and he says, peace to you, just as the Father sent me, I've sent you. What does he do? What's the next thing? To, to send them into the world. The Bible says the next thing he do, he, um, then he took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus Christ, now they couldn't go and proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sin to all the nations if they do not have this gift of the Father. Now, tell, let me ask you this. Just, just imagine again. No television. I've never seen the unseen world. Nothing. Now suddenly Jesus is telling them, there's coming a gift from the Father, from heaven, unseen. How do you think will you find words, earthly words, to explain something heavenly? Something you have never seen. How will you explain it in an earthly language? That's why the Bible used words like they were, they, John will baptize you with water, but I will baptize you. Bat, 
baptize. I will drench you. You will be clothed. Um, you, you will receive this, this gift. It will be an outpouring of my spirit. How do you find words to explain a heavenly concept with earthly words? Oh, how will you do it? How will you do it? So this is the best way we can find. It's the same way. You know, life is very strange. Um, when I grow up in school, maybe it's different here in the States, but when I grow up in school, um, parents were not part of the school. I mean, the only time my parents will go to the school if the principal will call them if I did something wrong. The rest, my parents never visit the school. When there was sports, my father will come with his truck and park next to the field, check the game and leave. That's those days. Today, it's totally different. My children, we are part of the school, helping at the school. Those days, it was not like that. So, so, so we, we had the tradition in our family that Friday afternoons, we live in a small town, and Friday afternoons, my mother wanted to go shopping. It was not like today, there's a lot of shopping malls. There was only the main street, and in the main street, there was a supermarket, and you go to the supermarket, and there you buy your stuff. There weren't options of other supermarkets. So Friday afternoon, I have to go with my mother because I have to push the trolley. And my mother, she had the list in her head. So I can't walk with her. I must go and stand at the top of the, the, the aisle. I must wait there because she's busy. She must concentrate. And then she arrives with all the stuff and put it in the basket or in the trolley. And I mustn't talk a lot because I'm going to distract her. So I push the trolley. Now I walk through the aisles. You know, some of the aisles are all the deodorants. The other one are all the breakfast and all of this. Now we walk through the aisles. The next moment, I come to the end of the aisle. And I just want to peek and see what is in the next aisle because then I have an idea what my mother is going to buy. You cannot believe it. Here in this aisle stands my grade five teacher. At that stage, I didn't know teachers eat. I never thought of them like that. I never know that they shop. I didn't think they were humans. And I realize, you must remember, my mother, the way my mother thinks about me till this day, she's now 84, but the way she thinks about me, you get, you get God and then you get Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit and then the cherubs, the angels, and then you get Yaakov. In my mother's head, you get the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, then Yaku, and then the angels. You see? She thinks very highly of me. Till this day, she thinks there's nobody better on this earth than me. But my teacher. <laughs> now that's a different story. And suddenly I realize that these two worlds... It's going to glide because my mother has never in her life met any of my teachers. And, and I realized the aisle is short and my mother is coming fast. And now she's going, to, and she's going to meet this teacher. And it was indeed so. It is something of this strange, foreign, my mother meets a teacher. The teacher got one idea of me. My mother's got another idea. They're going to start talking. 
they're going to find out it's a totally different person they're talking about. These two worlds are going to collide. It is something of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This two worlds that collide. It is obvious that something strange is going to happen. And can I just say this? When strange things happen about the Holy Spirit, don't ask too many questions. Because everybody experiences God in a different way. We, we can never put Jesus in a box. Because then he's not God. But the Bible says here that the Spirit was poured out. Now, a few chapters on second book of Luke. Go and wait, chapter 1. Go and wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then the second chapter of Acts. Then the Holy Spirit is poured out. So these two worlds collided and suddenly a lot of strange things have happened. Because the first thing that happened, people talk in different languages. They know the languages from somewhere, but they were proclaiming the sonship, the God, the kingship of Jesus Christ. Then it looks like tongues of fire. and Everything was strange. And then the next moment, Peter jumps up because he realized he has a problem. And the first thing he says, listen, 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 listen. These people are not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. I, where I come from, I can't understand why nine o'clock is a problem to be drunk. But those kind of people, they, they didn't, they're not drunk. You know what's the next thing I said? He says, listen, let me explain to you a few things. The people that he's preaching to, talking to, seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he says the following to you, you were the people that crucified Jesus. Have you ever realized it? They were the people that shouted before the cross, crucify him, crucify him. They were also the first people. The Father in His grace gave His gift to. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying the gift of the Holy Spirit is always a grace gift. It does not depend on you and how well your life is. It doesn't depend. Because it was never given for you. It was given to enrich your life so that you can go into the world and proclaim there's a new king. His name is Christ. If you look at Acts, you will find the book will start here in Jerusalem. But it end, the book ends in Rome. And in Rome, yeah, under the nose of Caesar is Lord. The next thing Paul pronounces that Jesus Christ is now Lord. You see, we are put here on earth to proclaim His kingdom, His Lordship, He's the Messiah, and to tell the people to stand under His control. He's going to make everything new in your life, and it's so much better than your previous life. It's like in South Africa, but maybe it's different here, but I think it's mostly the same. In South Africa, every city, every town, there's usually a lot of dams around around the town. I remember when I was a child and my father, once or two, twice or three times a year, he will tell us, let's go to the dam. We were always so excited because it was such a nice time to go to the dam. We know we're going to, what you call barbecue, we're going to barbecue, we're going to drive the boat on the sea, on the, on the dam, we're going to ski, maybe we're going to have the, the, the stuff at the back of the of the boat we were going to lie on and, and everything. And we enjoy the dam. 
And going to the dam, it was always so excited for us as a family. It was so nice to go to the dam. It was so looking forward to this day. But one thing you must remember. The dam was never given to us and built for us for enjoyment. The dam is built around the city to feed water to the people because if they do not have water, they will die. Every dam there is, is not for the enjoyment of people, but every dam there is, is to bring in life to people, water to people, to feed them. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can proclaim to the nations that there is a king, his forgiveness, his acceptance, repentance. That's what we as a church have to do and proclaim. It's nice to have the gifts. It's nice to, to enjoy everything on the dam. But you must never forgive, never forget why the Holy Spirit is given. It's to empower us to fulfill His uh, His promises here on earth and become part of Him. We proclaim His glory, the knowledge of His glory. We will take to the world and proclaim to the world. He's making all things new. Second Corinthians 5 verses 17. If you are in Christ, new creation, new era of started, new things are starting and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. To proclaim that. And that is what people want to hear. We are accepted. We are forgiven. There's a better way of living. Everywhere we go in South Africa, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful country, but it's in a devastating state. Everything is falling apart, but we believe as the church, as the people of God, we bring in beauty to every city we are going. We are bringing His goodness. We are proclaiming to the people, listen, there are a better way of life. Come and stand under His Lordship, under His King. And to do that, to proclaim that, to love that, He empowers us with the Holy Spirit. Paul says in what he said, 1 Corinthians 12, he says, nobody can say Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. The worship team can come forward. So, uh, the worship team, <laughs> so, they said I must call them. <laughs> so, call them. <laughs> so, every one of you that's sitting here, all of us, we are drenched, filled, Outpour, I don't know how to explain heavenly things with earthly language. We are full of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit inside of you gives you the power, empowers you, gives you the energy to live, to handle crises, to be the light, to be the salt. This is why you are here. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. You are here to handle the stuff. You are here to show to the world, I'm standing under another king, Jesus Christ, and he's now Lord of this earth. And he's busy using us, making us part of his plan, making everything new. The dam, the dam 
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.